Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Talks with Thompson podcast. I'm really excited to talk to my new friend, Dominic Tuccheroni, uh, who is a social media content coordinator at the Walt Disney Company in Florida. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, RJ. Um, how is how is your, your work life? What's new? <laughs> a lot is new. Um, I think just this year in general, uh, more things have happened this year than any other year. Uh, not only like with myself, but with social media, um, diving into TikTok, um, exploring like new ways to make Instagram and Facebook like TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but honestly, just trying to keep up with everything. Uh, diving into tip, uh, TikTok and then not being able to get out of the TikTok, uh, you know, black hole, right? Mm -hmm, um, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you and, and learn about your background and how you got to Disney and, and what your entry into the, uh, into the industry was like. Um, let's talk about your humble beginnings. What, what made you get into social media and graphic design? Well, it's never a straight shot, you know, <laughs> there's always like winds and turns, um, and actually my, my humble beginnings, uh, actually started with computer science. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. Very interesting, right? Um, it's, uh, it's interesting to see just how, how things change, especially from high school throughout college into now. Um, but like well, the start of like me diving into anything, um, education related, uh, I wanted to do computer science. And so I had done two years of that before I realized that is not for me. So that's the funny thing, right? Like you have to realize that there are some things that you're not good at and um, you, you realize you don't realize it actually until you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I totally don't want to do this. Um, this goes hand in hand with how I started with Walt Disney actually is um, during that moment of like not knowing what I wanted to do. This was my sophomore year of college. I went to the Disney college program where okay. I was just working, you know, uh, a job where you just basically, I, I, I always called it like a work internship um, because you're actually working um, in the parks. Uh, I was doing some custodial work, which was very fun. Actually, you get to enjoy all of the entertainment in the parks uh, all while just taking out the trash. Uh, and then I was a jungle cruise skipper for anybody who knows what that is, given tours around a fake jungle. Um, and then after I did that for six months, I was like, okay, um, I don't exactly know what I want to do, but I know where I want to be. So I was looking at all of the career options for Disney and uh, something that piqued my interest most was a communications job, um, which basically required um, a basic knowledge of graphic design uh, and anything that came with writing, um, photography, video work and design. So that was my jump into what would have been social media towards the end of my college career. So uh, as soon as I like dived into that, I was like, all right, let's get it. Uh, I've already done a couple things uh, in, in um, video work. I've yeah. always had an interest in advertising. Uh, so I focused everything a little more towards that. And um, I wouldn't say that I completely dropped computer science because I still reference things to like how coding works and, you know, you have to have like a coding brain to understand the, even some programs now like Premiere or Photoshop. Yeah. So, you know, trying to like carry that. I didn't waste two years, I like to say. I just kind of like uh, 
kind of repurposed them. Right. <laughs> and um, that was it. After college, I got an internship with Disney. Uh, they liked that I, I did the college program. That was definitely a plus. Mm -hmm. um, but also making that portfolio to make sure that like your personal work uh, is going to match what you do uh, in actual uh, professional work. That's I, I, I love hearing your story. Uh, when I was teaching at Youngstown State, I had uh, a lot of students who participated in that Disney college internship program. And I even had some of my own students end up working for Disney as well as graphic designers. And it always seemed like it was a really intuitive entry point to the, the bigger company. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that, that you took the same process and, and that it worked out for you as well. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about a little bit about your, your comp sci background because, um, you know, it, it's, it's important to me, maybe as a, as a passion point, but I really appreciate uh, computer science from the point of view that it introduces like logic to your work mm -hmm. and it helps you understand to a really great extent cause and effect. Mm -hmm. and uh, systems level thinking. So, you know, you're working at a, at a large corporation. You have to have, maybe not so much in your position, but I think you have to have an awareness of uh, Disney as a system and, and how you work within it. And um, not just that, but to your point with the software, um, you have to have a really intuitive understanding of how some of these things work, especially if you're a multimedia creator. Uh, so having that logic and systems level type of thinking uh, built in to mm -hmm. your communication and design skills, I think is a really great asset. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's almost like a very complicated prerequisite to <laughs> something right. that barely uses it. But it's true. It, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking. Um, you know, the, the logic behind it is is so true is that. I kind of consider my job like in the gray. There's never a yes or no answer. A lot of things are are kind of just opinionated. Uh, some are subjective, but nothing is yes, no. There's always going to be a gray area. And with computer science and, and other numbers jobs, there's like always a right answer. There's always a wrong answer. And right. kind of like knowing when to separate those two mindsets of like, this is a yes, no, and this is like just in the gray. Um, you can definitely like kind of, you know, have have a good understanding of when to use what when <laughs> to put it vaguely. Um, but also it really makes you appreciate the gray um, because when you come out of a, a, you know, one zero yes, no into that gray area where anything is a possibility, it is so relieving. And um, I think it kind of like makes you a little more creative knowing that things can have these limitations, but the world is open. Absolutely. It's like you're, you have to work outside of the box while also still working within the box. Mm -hmm. And, and I often tell my students, like, you know, we operate in those gray spaces. So marketing, a lot of it is experimentation. And so too is, is graphic design. You have to, you know, revise and revise and re revise until you get things just the way you need them to. But your, your guiding light in that context is what are your analytics? What's your data telling you? Mm -hmm. So if you have very hard numbers on or, or criteria on who your your demographics are um it helps um sort of guide your work in a very concentrated way while also still letting you maintain some of that creativity so mm -hmm. it's like an extra shade of gray <laughs> getting exactly. closer to black right there's about 50 <laughs> shades of it yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I appreciate no. your effort. 
<laughs> nowhere, nowhere near what we're talking about. But. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, um, so you've got the the communications and and the design background, and and I'm really I'm interested in hearing how those two skills complement each other when you're actually doing your work. So, mm-hmm. like, what do you make, and how do you use your comms and your design skills? That's a great question. Um, so we'll start with what I make. Um, we support anything that is is going to seen, be seen by guests, um, mainly the social media side of things. So we have a lot of social platforms, um, all supporting different aspects of the park, uh, whether it's like um, just you know events going on in the park or um, new merchandise releases, or even if we have to make something that's like uh, news related, um, usually like we'll support anything that's that's on social media. Uh, basically, you have like the big top dogs that will m- make a lot of the um, the marketing material, and then there's the people who also, uh, you know, make that same exact stuff, but specifically for a specific target audience in um, social media. Because it's not the same, you know. People watching TV aren't always the same people who are scrolling through TikTok and vice versa. Um, same now with with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You could see that there's a lot of different people using different platforms. And um, this is going to be where taking that communication and design um, skill is going to help a lot because understanding communications, knowing exactly how to um, you know, vary your communication style for a specific audience, uh, using that in your design work is so important. You know, Here's a 30 second ad on TV. How are you going to turn that into a 15 second TikTok? You know, how are you going to turn that into a single graphic that you'll scroll through on Instagram? It's a matter of knowing what to say uh, and how to say it. So, you know, taking that idea of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's scrolling through Instagram. There's stories, there's feeds, um, there's uh, comment sections and direct messages. Uh, That's the communication aspect of it. The design aspect is what's going to get people to actually view it. What's going to get people to actually want to hit that follow button? Um, what's going to get people to interact with it? That's a huge thing. Interactions are so much more important than just views. So while you your design looks nice, what's the call to action? Right. Um, all of these things are going through our minds uh, collectively as a team because we have so many great, talented people working uh, with the team. And I'm still learning a lot from them, which is great because I always want to learn different aspects of it. Um, but constantly we're thinking of, different ways we could vary up uh, the content for a specific audience. And I think that's probably what um, makes the design and the communications skills really blend together. That, that's a, a fantastic example. I, I appreciate your, uh, you know, the, the reductionist or minimalist sort of perspective on creating variations of that base work. Um, and, and that in and of itself, I'm sure can be exceptionally challenging, especially when, I mean, you're, you're at Disney, you have so much to say and, Mm -hmm. and, and such little space to say it in. And fortunately, you know, Disney being an inherently visual, you know, thing, like a a lot of your photo, your photos and videos, your visuals can do a lot of the talking for you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's very true. Um, so uh, I, I like that you're, you're able to balance those two things together. And, and did you ever think that when you were in school, like that, that balance of those skills was going to be 
as as necessary or did you really focus more on like i want to do more communications than design or was the balance always in the in the picture for you i honestly didn't want to tap into the, the into the uh, communication side of things um, okay. as much as i wanted to tap into the design style of things um, but that was like my college brain just saying like, this is way more fun than sitting through all of these media study classes. Right. And then, you know, so like my portfolio was all like kind of, um, design focused. There was really no in intention to be making some of these things besides the fact that it looked cool. Um, and then actually taking an internship and then trying to work towards a goal. Um, that's when I kind of came to like the harsh reality that like, oh my gosh, like all of these like, uh, skills from the media studies, uh, is way more important than I thought it would be because you can have the nicest, prettiest looking design of anything, but if it doesn't have a story or a reason for it, you know, it's, it's never going to hit as well as those ones that really, you know, are going to let people interact with it. Right. What's the soul of the narrative? Basically? Exactly. That's, that's a great word right there. Narrative. Yeah. I, um, I took a journalism class in undergraduate. And, or I took what I thought was a journalism class. As it turned out, it was more of like a, uh, it was more of a literature class, but it, the, despite the differences, it helped me get to that core of the narrative and really understand that how, how important that is and how it, some of these incredible authors um, shaped those, those narratives, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I tell my students, like, you need to really focus on the storytelling aspects of the work that you're doing, because if it doesn't tell a story, let alone a relatable one, then it very well may fall flat. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in my interactive design classes, I also say, you know, what's what's the story behind the interface? What's the, the process that you want to take them through when you're designing an interface for a website mm -hmm. or a mobile app or something like that? So that's that same concept applies across medium. Right. Yeah. Always the why, you know, it's always it's, the why. Always. Oh, oh, you could you could ask why endlessly. It's an infinite question, to be honest, because sometimes you get to a point where it's like, I don't know. It's just because it works. Well, that's actually a part of. So. That, I, I do want to ask you this, but I'll say this first. That is a part of my creative process is asking why backwards. So this is black. Why is this black? Oh, it's because of this reason. Well, why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. And that helps you really uncover a lot of truths behind the, the work that you're doing and the solutions as mm -hmm. well. So let's talk about your creative process. How, how do you solve a problem? Well, I have something that I usually say to myself a lot when it comes to solving a problem is that the first step to solving a problem is understanding it. Mm -hmm. um, and so constantly trying to, to really understand why something doesn't work, uh, kind of like starting with, again, the why. Um, but, you know, talking about why it doesn't work um, and really looking for examples of similar things um, I think there's so much out in the real world right now um, that there's it's almost impossible to create something original. To be honest, everything's always a copy, way. right? So looking for those examples of similar things, like okay, you have a problem. Is there anything that was like this problem in the past, personally, or maybe you've seen it in other businesses, or maybe in um, just your Instagram feed or literally any social media feed? Have you seen like anything that's like this before? And kind of like understanding it, taking real world examples, 
and then seeing what works, um, what really resonated with you. Um, that usually is the start of my process. Um, I'll look for those examples, especially the things that are done right. And then you, you kind of copy and then recreate and then uh, you do it to a point where it's just original because those little mistakes that you made in trying to like mimic something uh, all all of a sudden become a personal touch to you. Uh, You know, obviously I I don't say you should copy anything and use it as your own, but it's just like um, there's a story of, of someone literally rewriting a book so they can understand the writing style of specific authors and the same exact way of you trying to recreate specific designs or even like camera angles and video effects uh, slowly turn into your own process. Um, and I have a lot of like inspirations um, from video editors uh, and some photographers that I'll always use as a reference um, and then see what are the tweaks that are really going to make it personal. Uh, mm. what, what are the things that are not going to immediately say um, this is just a recreation, but instead this is inspiration from specific, uh, you know, artists. So creative process will usually come with that inspiration aspect of it and and trying to take things um, and make it your own. Um, The original that, or I guess the originality behind it might be from those random things that don't make sense to you at first. And um, you ask yourself why and why and why, and, and eventually, um, you start, well, I guess this is something I, you, nobody likes to admit this, but you kind of just throw stuff at a wall until it sticks. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of the time, especially with my design work, honestly, uh, it is just making something and then copy pasting it and then changing a little thing and then copy pasting it and then changing something and then copy pasting it again and changing something. And then five tries down the line. Uh, it is so different from what you originally created that right. it is just something that you would have never made unless you had done that kind of process. Um, it's kind of barbaric, um, but sometimes it just works. Yeah, you have to go through that iterative iterative design revision phase to really get to, to the core of your solution or to optimize your solution. And it always, t- it's a journey and you need to do that searching to, to get to that final destination. It's never just as simple as just do this one thing and that's it. And I think that that is also a common misconception with uh, folks that work with designers. They think that this is the best solution right out of the gate when it's really not at all. In some cases like marketers or not even just marketers but folks in general looking at our work they would not understand or even think that oh that's actually the 57th version of that design. That's true. <laughs> right? I, I love yeah. that there's a chart that literally shows um a path to success and uh, it's like a straight line and kind of going back to like what we mentioned like in the beginning of this whole entire thing this is never a straight shot it's fail 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 success and it's like this big zigzaggy curvy random array of strings and then that's what actually leads to success well not and yes and uh the final design that someone sees that's all they see. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily see the iterative work. Well, that's the, um, that's the thing. It's you, you make it look like it's easy. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I love that you said like, you know, essentially you have to be inspired by 
the work by work. You have to look at good design to become a better designer. And that always reminded me of what Picasso said about, you know, good artists copy, great artists steal. Um, you have to, if you're listening or watching, you have to dig a little bit deeper into the context of that quote. But um, essentially, and, and I agree with you, like, I feel like anything that could be created has basically already been created or at least conceptualized. Right. And it leaves, it's actually kind of depressing because there's like no original thought. Um, so when you look at, so for example, uh, I, I make ad campaigns for, uh, an MBA program, right? How do I recruit people into an MBA program, uh, a, a discipline that is really not that visual, right? Um, well, I'm looking at Swiss minimalism design from the forties, right? Or I'm looking at, uh, some, you know, some of the, the poppier things from the 80s. So it's like, I, I'm looking at all these different, uh, you know, genres and, and times of design, and that's mm -hmm. informing a contemporary solution. Yes. In fact, uh, that kind of, well, one, I, I would like to suggest um, a YouTube series. I think it's a three-part series, but he may have uploaded it into like one full hour long uh, a video. It is called Everything is a Remix. And it is a very big in-depth uh, look at the difference between, you know, inspiration and um, the idea of actually stealing or copying. Yeah. And there's like so many blurred lines, especially in the music industry of people able to literally remix songs and then people who, who are um, sued for essentially taking the same exact composition uh, it's it's a very interesting story to like see just what is um like allowed uh in terms of you know what you can use for your own sake and what you can use as that uh inspiration for your work um but also to your point um Darn, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm trying to like think of too many things at the same time. That's okay. We can, we, we can record multiple episodes. That's totally fine. Yeah, I know. Right? Uh, but we, we are getting towards the end of our time together. And I, I wanted to ask you if, if you had any advice to offer undergraduate students that are going to be graduating soon and looking to enter the, uh, the workforce. Well, I would say definitely look outside um, at real world examples, like we were talking about. Um, I think that one thing that I could have done better uh, while I was in college looking out is um, honestly, don't even look at your professors as professors, but look at them as people because they've all been through the same exact experiences that you have. Absolutely. And um, even something as, as um, real as, can I see your work? You know, I think every professor has done some personal work bef before they have gotten into the realm of teaching. Um, and kind of like seeing all the things that they've done to get them where they are, uh, honestly, could be the biggest inspiration for you. And then you can take that same exact idea of, of remix and see if you can really understand their style by mimicking and then creating that into your own work. The, the second that I recognized my uh, the professors that I had a lot of respect for, as soon as I recognized them as as flawed mortals <laughs> mm -hmm. is when I really started to change my entire thinking behind my career and my approach to it. So that's wonderful advice. 
Um, well, Dominic, we're at the end of our time together, but um, if folks are interested in, in learning more about you uh, or Disney, how can, how can they uh, find you or, or learn more? Well, I'm always available on LinkedIn. That's how we actually got connected, RJ. <laughs> That's right. Um, I love seeing people um, interested in learning more. So literally just hitting that connect button shows me that you guys are interested. And uh, if you'd love to chat, um, if I have the time for it, I could always like send a message or, you know, maybe we could always just Zoom call and set up some meet and greets because uh, it is such an interesting realm. And I think a lot of people deserve to hear all about the change that is coming because social media literally is like the future. So Absolutely. let's get together. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, Dominic. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.